In the name of God, the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's speaking to them in the shadow of the cross. Uh, He's trying to explain to them what's going to happen in the next three days, how he is going to be betrayed, handed over to sinful men. He's trying to explain to them about the trial and the death and leave them the promise of the resurrection. He's just told them that I'll only be with you a little while longer. And where I'm going, you cannot now come. And Peter has said to him, Lord, why can't we come? I'll go with you. I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus says to him, Peter, will you indeed lay down your life for me? This night before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. The conversation has become ominous and dark. All their hopes are draining and ebbing away. They had hoped for the restoration of their people. They had hoped for the defeat of the Romans. They had hoped for the rescue and redemption of the people of Israel. They had hoped, it's human, that as those who are on the forefront of this movement, they would have success and glory themselves. All those hopes are now bleeding away And the mood has become a mood that is dark and ominous and full of fear and that takes place in the valley of the shadow of death. No wonder their hearts are troubled. And then Jesus repeats to them these words of his namesake. Jesus. It's a form of the name Joshua. And the name means God saves. And he's quoting to them from the words of an earlier Joshua. Through Moses, God had led the people of Israel out of death into life, out of slavery into freedom. He'd preserved them through the desert in the time of testing and temptation and trial. And he'd brought them to the brink of the promised land. And the command of the people had been given over from Moses to Joshua, and they stand on the brink of the River Jordan. And it's unclear to them how they're going to get across. And it's unclear to them what lies on the other side. And Joshua says to the company of Israel, be not afraid. And so now they stand with him on the banks of another Jordan, uh, a Jordan River that, that the actual river in Palestine is a figure of, that it, uh, it's, a, it's a type of, it's a shadow. It points to this Jordan River. He'd begun his ministry by being immersed in the Jordan. As he come up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends, the heavens open, They hear the voice of God saying, this is my son. Now he's about to go under the water again. The dark water of human wickedness and evil. 
he is about to complete his baptism that began in the Jordan by being immersed in all of the sin and wickedness, all of the hardness and darkness of the human heart. He's going out for the final confrontation with the uncanny power of the evil one and all that comes from that. And he's going out without any weapon that they can see. This is part of why their hearts are troubled. He's going to this confrontation with nothing than literally the naked power of the eternal word of God's love. The seeking, searching, sacrificial, eternally begotten love of God that is the eternal word that has become flesh in Jesus Christ. It's only this bare word of God's love that goes forth to meet all the darkness that's in the human heart, all the evil that is in the world, and to meet the last enemy, death itself. And he says, I'm going, you can't come with me, but I'm, I'm going to make a way for you, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to take you with me. I'm going, I'm going to make a way through, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to take you with me. Now, he's referring to an experience that they've all just had together. They came into the city, and the crowds greeted them with triumph and joy. And he said to his disciples, Go to this man that you don't know, but you'll recognize him. You'll know who it is. And he will lead you to the place where we will have the Passover feast. And they went, and they found the man, just as the Lord had said, and they found the upper room, and it was all prepared, just as the Lord had said. And now he's saying to them, as they stand on the brink of this this dark water, this cold stream. Now, he says to them, this time I'm going to go and prepare the place. This time I'll come back and get you. And we will sit down and it will be the Passover feast of which all Passover feasts are but a figure and a shadow. And so we say in the Eucharist, Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. And our Passover feast opens up to this Passover feast that is eternally prepared for us. That where he is, we might be with him also. Now, there's something about this place that he's prepared for us. He says, in my father's house... The old King James translated, there are many mansions. Other translations say, many dwelling places. Well, the word there is actually the word for tent. And it's the word that is applied in the Bible to the tabernacle, the place where God abides with his people and, and where his people come to meet him and to abide with him. This tabernacle that led them through the desert and delivered them safe into the promised land. This tabernacle that becomes the temple in Jerusalem, this 
meeting place between God and man, where there is the mercy seat, where sins are forgiven, where a new life is received, and where the people are once again consecrated as God's own people. A a nation of priests and kings, a nation of priests, a holy and royal nation. They lose that and they regain it when they come to the abiding place. And we've already heard now in the Gospel of John that the, the mercy seat, the dwelling place of God with people, the meeting place between humanity and God has been replaced. It is now in Jesus Christ, the Lord himself, And he can promise us an eternal abiding place with him and the Father in the power of the Spirit because this abiding has already taken place in his person. The foundation foundation of our hope for an eternal abiding with God is that humanity and God already abide eternally together in Jesus Christ the Lord. This is the place that is already prepared for us. Tear the temple down. In three days, I'll build it again. He's talking about his body. When he talks to the woman by the well in Samaria, we have that, we have that story right here. You can't see it, but it's, it's up there looking down on us. Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, they had their temple. The Jews had a temple in Jerusalem. Jesus said that the hour is coming when the, the place of worship, the place of meeting, the place of dwelling, the place of abiding will not be in Samaria, will not be in Jerusalem, but will be in the Lord. In, with, and through him we come into the place that he has prepared for us. The home that he has prepared for us. The place where in the power of the Spirit we abide with the Father and the Son and the Spirit together. Now, Jesus ends this chapter of John's Gospel with an astonishing prophecy. An astonishing promise. Greater things than I have done, you will do. How can that be? How can we do anything greater than what he has done? Well, he has offered forgiveness, healing, mercy, new life, victory over the grave, Victory over sin. Victory over the sin within and the evil without. Hope for eternal life in the face of death. A joyous life with him and the Father in the power of the Spirit that begins now and which the grave cannot hold. He's offered that to to thousands. He's offered that to his disciples. But now... His body, the church, which is the temple, 
and in the power of the Spirit, not by anything of our own, we have offered down through the ages to millions upon millions upon millions. The promise of a way through. The promise of defeat for the evil that is within and the evil that is without. Bright hope and light in the valley of the shadow of death and a new and human way of living that begins now and that the grave cannot hold and that is an eternal abiding with the Father and Son together in the power of the Spirit. Let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in me. Trust in God. I've gone to prepare a place for you, that where I am ye may be also, and I come back to take you there, and I will not desert you along the way. The Lord is the promise of a final destination. He is the way to the, pro- to the final destination, and he is our our abiding presence along the way. All of these are different aspects of the one saving act of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life, not because of some superiority of the Christian idea to other religious ideas, but because in and through him, God has defeated all of our enemies, and the last enemy of all is death and has won for us everlasting life by this actual act of love that is so incomparably powerful that the only equivalent to it is the creation of all things out of nothing at the beginning. And this is he has done in order to secure uh, our end, which is to abide with him in the place that he has prepared for us to enjoy the Passover feast with him forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.